You're listening to Discern, Discern without the R. Thank you for listening. You're on with the sin to serve without the R. How can we help you today? Wait, what? <laughs> I said you're on to sin to serve without the R. How can we help you today? Oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. You're live. No, I, I have feelings of heresy I need to get rid of. Oh. Well, we're here to help with that. Before we get started today, are we, are we recording now? Yeah, it's actually recording. We're recording. Awesome. So all of this is going to be on tape. All right, well. Hello, everyone. You can, a call back later. you can stay on the phone if you want. <laughs> Absolutely, and you are now on it. Congratulations. Okay. We have our first caller. <laughs> Ross. Nope, this is our second caller. This is our second well, our first caller today. Yes, first caller today. Yes. Hello, Josh. I'm listening. <laughs> I mean, seriously, I mean, you actually do this. I mean, I was calling up. I needed to talk to you, but... Oh. <laughs> and is it, like, super, super urgent because we can hold off recording? It's not super urgent. Okay. Cool. In that case, oh, that was a bad connection. Yeah, I, I didn't catch what you said there. We can. I mean, I talked to you. I just don't know if it's really relevant to the podcast. But there's nothing relevant to this podcast. Nothing is at all is relevant. What we're doing today is we are doing our first episode of history with Emily. So I guess this is not for the recording. Yes. Where Emily tells us about history and then. I get corrected. We learn from her. (laughs) Okay. So before we start off the show today, though, why does everybody introduce themselves and and say one interesting fact about them? Again? Yeah. So I'm Emily. I was the caller last week, and I said that I like wolves. I still like them. Still think they're pretty great. Mm -hmm. Um, I need you guys to stop putting me on the spot with these fun facts. Uh Uh-huh. I have two birds. She has two birds. I also have two birds. I can't use it. That was my be my fact. Next. Uh, uh, Josh, our caller, can you introduce yourself and say one interesting fact about you? Wait, what? Speak up for the microphone. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners and say one interesting fact about you? It's okay. We love awkward silence. Wait, who? Did you... Introduce yourself to our listeners and give one interesting fact about yourself. Uh, Josh, I, uh, <laughs> uh, I don't do anything interesting. He doesn't do anything interesting. I, I can vouch that is indeed true. That is an interesting fact. It is, yeah. Because most people do something interesting. Yeah. But so. did I'm you... sitting in traffic. That's cool. So to not, to, <laughs> so, to, so to be so uninteresting... That you're actually interesting. Like, that's... That's interesting. That's interesting. He plays right. a lot of games. He does play is a lot of that, games. Is that like the professional wrestling graph? I'm not sure what you're referring to. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I forgot that. Yes. Um, for those of our listeners who are not familiar with this meme that I made, um, we'll find some way to get it to you. So, other Josh, introduce yourself. Give one interesting fact about yourself. My name is Josh as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I, we went slip and sliding the other night at church, and I hurt all of my toes. Ouch. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're all facing different directions right now. Right, yeah. yeah. But, you know, I'll power oh, through. Yeah. Do you want me to buy you anything? Anything you want. 
This is Josh's interesting fact is that he will literally buy me anything. I, you can buy me a new gaming laptop if you want. Yes. Oh, yeah. But I was just testing your dedication. Is there something because specific? I was that... actually going to buy a gaming desktop. Yeah. But I play Microsoft Flight Simulator, but I don't know if I will because it's expensive. Yeah. It right. tend to be that way. It's a bit of a commitment. Because uh, of the semiconductor shortage, right? Oh, is there? I didn't even know about that. Wow. Yeah, that's what I was I heard because it talks about Taiwan. Oof. Yeah. We do tend to get a lot of semiconductors from Taiwan. That I do know. <laughs> I did not know that, but I know that there's, like, a lot of the stuff for computers mm -hmm. are more expensive now because they're harder to get. Like, I think it was a, there was some graphics card that came out not too long ago, and they, it was sold out pretty much within 30 seconds of being put online. Yeah. And that's most of them just not because of uh, they're so popular, but just because there's so few being made mm -hmm. is what I was told. Mm. Well, I guess it means it's my turn yes. um, to introduce. I am Ben, and I did not know how to pronounce gridiron, as in gridiron football, until tonight, when yeah. Josh explained. How did you say it? I said it. Really? Yeah, I said it. I, I mean, I never heard the word pronounced. I'd only ever read it. And right. I was like, oh, it's gridiron. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> how else would you say that? That right. sounds like something of Command and Conquer. It really does. <laughs> but... Speaking of that, do you want to play tonight? We'll see. But I'm going to coffee shop to spend the next three hours so that sounds fun can we go spend the next three hours at the coffee shop i would not like to okay but thank you for asking of course that's i'm, <laughs> I'm always looking out for you this chess club hmm. really now that's an interesting fact why didn't you say that i also want to learn how to play chess so and you didn't ask me <laughs> do you want to play chess i will happily play chess with you really yes I've I've been trying to play chess with you for like ten years now. I didn't know that. I don't remember you doing that. Well, we'll play chess later. Our, our next episode, Chess with Josh. <laughs> <laughs> well, really, I want to play generals because I want to redeem myself because I'm mad I lost to you. But so you want to lose again? No, I'm gonna beat you. <laughs> of course you are. Yeah, you, know, you sound like every every one of the generals in the generals challenges with your idle taunts. <laughs> All right. That's what you're going to tell your three-eyed grandchildren one day. <laughs> Indeed. All right, so enough of this delay dialing. Let's get down to the business at hand. The Roman Empire. The Roman Empire is the subject of our first episode of History with Emily. So, Emily, tell us a little bit about the Roman Empire. So, as you know, I know so much about history. True expert. Yes. I've been to Rome. You've seen it. More than I've done. Very it's very nice, it's very pretty, a lot of ruins, and then you're like, oh, some not fun things happened here, so, if you remember that, it's like, ugh. Yep. But, um, the beginning of the Roman Empire, what, what, what do you, can you give me some questions to get me going? What was Roman, what was the first Roman government? Like, what kind of government was it? Am I supposed to know types of government? I mean, you're definitely familiar with this type of government. It was a republic. It was a republic first. No, wait, no. They have people that rule. That's not a republic. Okay, so what was it? You don't know. Empire? A monarchy. Ooh. I don't know. Do you agree or disagree <laughs> with Josh? I, I disagree. Okay, so you, well, you think it was a republic first and not a monarchy. <laughs> I don't know. Are they emperors? There were emperors, yes. Then that. You think it was an empire first? Well, emperors, that was later. And empires were later. Post-republic. 
so Republic first. Well, it was always a Republic. Well, no, I don't know. So are we both coalescing? So Josh had a crash course in history in 24 hours. And I forgot most of it. (laughs) I know uh, it started and it was like a, there was some like historical thing where they thought it was like descended of Onesimus from the Odyssey or something (laughs) like that. Came to Rome and Rome was this average city state for like 500 years. And then they started, eventually took over Italy and spread to Greece and Spain and a bunch of other places and then ruled the known world. Okay. So, oh, oh, um, Onesimus is the name of the slave in the Book of Philemon, <laughs> which yes, you might have been thinking of because of, of church on Sunday. <laughs> right, yes. Yes, um, but I think you think of Aeneas. A- yes, that's it. Aeneas. Igneous? Aeneas. A-E-N-A-E-A-S. Okay, that's an unfortunate name. I think it's a great name, Aeneas. Fantastic name. I'm okay. on board with the unfortunate. It's yeah. unfortunate. That's an unfortunate name. That's a, that's a fantastic name. Anyhow. So there was probably some food there that they farmed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And they grew very powerful. Mm-hmm. And built some aqueducts. And what year was that? 480. 480. <laughs> no, it was before it. <laughs> okay, before 480. BC. 400 BC. Sure. Okay, Josh, when was the city of Rome founded? <laughs> the city of Rome founded? Yes. Ooh. Uh, I'm gonna say it was founded in 620 BC. 620 BC. Other Josh, when do you think the city of Rome was founded? Was it founded when God created Earth? Uh, you're saying the Roman Empire has been around forever? I mean, Rome. I mean, Rome has an idea, of course, obviously. But when when do you think the city of Rome was founded? According to the I legendary. Mean, it, I mean, I mean, wasn't it when uh, Remus and Rollins, the Remus and you know, Romulus, the Wolf the, Kids, when, yes, when, when the pigs like fed them as at the creation of the world. Um, there is a traditional founding year, though. Does anybody know what that is? Oh, actually, four twenty. Four twenty BC. Four twenty BC, and you think? What I said it? like six twenty. Six twenty. Actually, let me, let me remind I, myself really quickly. It's before a thousand. Oh wait, the oh. the higher years are older. Yes, in, in BC. BC. Yes. Yeah. Oh, when does BC begin? Uh, in eternity past, it literally right. goes up. Yes. It started. It if you're counting like from one on up, which would be going back in time, it starts at the year one. That's really confusing. <laughs> All right, so BC. Um, I'll, I'll jump in here. The huh? Go ahead. Yes, the founding of Rome traditionally is April twenty first, seven fifty eight BC. April seven fifty eight. I was, I was only off April. by like one hundred and thirty years. Yes, April. Nice. So. All right, so let's go through more Roman history. So, so Rome was from the Republic. Wolf Twins. Wolf Twins. Yes. Should have known that. I'm the Wolf Girl. <laughs> There's just wolves all throughout this. <laughs> The wolf twins, Remus and Romulus. Mm-hmm. That's all I got. Which Remus, Harry Potter, making connections. He's a werewolf. werewolf. I see. Uh, there's a Romulus somewhere. Okay. Was his, I think his father's name was Romulus. Oh, I thought... Did they have a father? I thought their mother was an actual wolf. No, I'm talking about Harry Potter. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> <laughs> or it might have been his middle name Did or something. Did they mention... Maybe not. Maybe that was in, like, 
Pottermore thing or something like that. Perhaps. In any event, there we go, making connections mm-hmm. in the Harry Potter world. So, Coop, give me a brief overview of Roman history and what happened. Emily? There was some, like I said, some, some agriculture. Then there were building things okay. and some fights. Ben. Huh? I got it. Alright, well, thank you for calling in, caller. Um, okay. Uh, just let me know if you want to play generals later. I will. <laughs> Alright, talk to you later. Goodbye. Alright. This caller segment was brought to you by... Well, we can't put announcements in this yet. Anyway, it was brought to you by... HelloFresh. HelloFresh. <laughs> <laughs> That's where you make fresh linen for kitty litter. I don't know what HelloFresh does. I think it's the like it's a where meal you talk to your fresh food. Ah, there it is. Yeah. Got it. To anyway. make them feel better about being eaten. Right. So that's what this that call was brought to you by. Yes, thank you. Be sure to talk to your food. Anyway, continuing on. Okay, so some gladiators. Um, there were some catacombs and some catechisms. Catechisms. There were some. <laughs> Christians at some point who some rulers did not like, and I think maybe sometimes they did. I don't know. Paul wrote them a letter, and they kind of shaped where they were going from there. Uh, you know, maybe they didn't listen. Still, okay. still not great. Okay. That's all I know about Rome. And now half of it is underground and they just like built on top of the stuff that was underground they're like there's half a column it's gonna make it a whole column and build a building around it so they were pretty resourceful sustainable if you ask me pretty green friendly people plumbing plumbing important yes there was an spqr okay and there was a wait what's it called is there a senate there was a Senate. Yes, there was a Senate. That's excellent. And, oh, I just got shot back to Percy Jackson. And when they introduced Roman people and Octavian was, he was the person who did the prophecies or whatever. But in order to do so, he stabbed stuffed animals and ripped them up. And the stuffing would tell him what was going to happen. So I imagine that that was pretty accurate. (laughs) (laughs) And that's how Rome gave birth to the world. Okay. Yes. How did Rome fall? In a day. Rome fell in a day. Okay. (laughs) It wasn't wasn't built in a day. But But it certainly did fall in one. Yes. (laughs) Uh, What happened? Um, Uh, You got to read Shakespeare. His book. About it. Shakespeare? Yeah, he wrote... A play about Julius Caesar. Romeo and Juliet. Uh, Yes. The nation of of Rome had a girlfriend (laughs) and thought she was dead, so Rome killed itself. uh, Okay. Yeah. And then the nation of Juliet woke up and saw that Rome had died, so Juliet also killed itself, and then we had America. Mm -hmm. Right. Emerging from the ashes of the Roman Empire. Well, <laughs> yep. you know, 1500 years, years ago. Later. Um, no, I was going to. No, it's Greece. 
So, do you actually know how Throne fell? No, no. I have, like, some concept of its beginning. Okay. Because, uh, with the, the prophecy in Daniel of, you know, you have Babylonians and the Persianese and the Greeks and the, the Romans came and ultimately became the next superpower. They started with taking over Italy and the surrounding islands and were a republic and they had peace for a long time and then it was, like, a bunch of wars and a bunch of civil wars mm-hmm. and then Caesar came in and kind of became... Caesar, and they had then this ruling period for a long time, and Augustus came in, and there's the Pax Romana, which is the peace of Rome, mm-hmm. right? And times and peace and stuff like that, and uh, they were really smart. They made the aqueducts and the plumbing, and uh, they helped like solidify the Latin alphabet or something like that, and from the Greek alphabet, and created the calendar we still use, basically, roughly. And, uh, mm-hmm. and then they got to a point where it was really a big nation, countries thing, and they split themselves up into, like, four groups, but really you said it was two groups. Kind of. And kind of. And then eventually their power was lost. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, so Julius Caesar, I think, is somebody at least we're all somewhat familiar with. Yes. Who was Julius he Caesar? He was stabbed in the back. 11 or 13 times? By who? People that didn't like him. In the Senate? Yeah. In the Senate? Okay. Yeah. Anything else we know about Julius Caesar? Why was he he stabbed in the back? He really loved orange juice, and he deprived all his citizens from orange Julius. (laughs) (laughs) And they really didn't like that. Right. Uh, I think, well, he had a lot of power. Mm -hmm. He became the dictator, which doesn't mean dictator in the way we think it but like the speaker of the nation or something like that mm-hmm. and then uh, was becoming the word that starts with a C Chancellor Chancellor the, the consulate <laughs> the consulator the consulator okay consulate. Well, I think we recognize it would be the Holy Spirit but <laughs> <laughs> the consulate and uh and they didn't, they didn't like him because he had too much power. Okay. And so they wanted to end it. So all these people that, like, he actually helped, like Brutus and some of the other people that, like, he pardoned at one point, then came back. And, and they all killed him. Yeah. All right. What about, what about Constantine? Who was Constantine? Ha ha! Yes. He was the ne- one of the rulers, and he was the one that saw, like, Christianity being a benefit and, like made it the national religion and had the uh, Council of Nicaea he called it when Santa Claus came and punched Arius in the face probably not but I love that tradition I'm going to pretend it's true I I think the the children and the pickled children in barrels is a better tradition for Santa Claus but well why can't it be both I mean true that's true it's true Arius you know, Arius had his heresies, and so Santa Claus came and punched him in the face, and then he went up to, to Norway, was it? was it? Norway? Where was the where was the Santa Claus thing at again? I mean, he was Sweden? Bishop of Myra. Well, I know he Italy. was, but, like, where did the butchering of the kids happen? That would have been in Myra. In like Myra. Myra. Oh, it was in Myra? Yeah, because that, that, that one was one of the earliest legends oh, okay. of St. Nicholas, so that was before all the Is Christmas that how he became happened. a saint? Like, was that his miracle? Resurrecting butchered kids? Actually, no. His miracle, if I recall correctly, and the reason kind of he's associated with gift giving, 
Well, first of all, he was known to be very generous. He would give right. give to the poor, specifically the poor children and to orphans. Uh, but there's one story where there's a man who um, just couldn't afford to feed his family, so he was going to sell his daughters into prostitution. Oh, yes. And then St. Nicholas came around at midnight and threw bags of gold through, through the window, and that's kind of where you get the whole Santa Claus coming down the chimney and leaving gifts mm-hmm. thing. Um, so that's one of the other early ones, and then the, the children, of course, is an early one. Right. Um, but then he became the patron saint of, like, children and other stuff. Um, so we But that's ex- another topic. <laughs> I think we've exhausted our knowledge of... Yeah, I think um, there's... Caesar. Rome currently... Uh, oh, wait, there's not really... Like, when did the Vatican come in and just decide that Rome was, like, its home? Don't know. But there's a really nice man who gives tours to the catacombs, and he is from Idaho. Huh. <laughs> And he just fell in love with an Italian woman and moved to Italy and lives in Rome with her. And he gives tours now. There's also the Colosseum. Okay. Mm-hmm. Was a thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they had stuff that happened in that Colosseum for people's entertainment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and other stuff. So that existed and parts of it still exist. Mm-hmm. I think, yes. You can go in it. You can go in it. Um, and uh, and none, of this, none of this happened in a day. Oh. Except it fell. It fell on a day. There <laughs> were a lot of wishes granted from every coin that was thrown in the Trevi Fountain. Mm. So Rome is a, a, a dream come true kind of place. Okay. And yeah. They invented pizza. Mm-hmm. They invented pizza. And gelato. Yes. They're pretty good. Pretty good. And the little known fact, they also invented pecan pie. Whoa. Actually, I just made that up. That's oh, okay. Like, really? <laughs> and apple pie. And apple. When they became America. <laughs> right. Right. So. All right. So let's go back to the very beginning. So we both think Rome started as a republic, right? Yeah. yeah. I don't. Josh isn't sure. I have no idea. I know it became a republic. It became a republic. What was it before a republic? Ooh, well, my guess was monarchy, but that doesn't. That is exactly correct. Woo! Look at me. Started as the Kingdom of Rome. Yes. There were seven kings of Rome. The last one. Seven. Yes. So Not at the same completion. time. Yeah. Like, well, oh yeah. 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 So, um, well, I mean, the founding myth, I think. We, we already covered pretty well. There's yes. a man named... I kind of disappointed. I was hoping you'd be like, actually, there were seven at the same time. <laughs> no. Although there were four emperors in one year, but that's a little later on. Oh, I did kind of think that they were seven kingdoms on a map, and they just ruled in harmony, but... Oh, that would be so cool. <laughs> but then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. <laughs> um, so yeah, the founding myth, Aeneid. Um, it's, it's called the Aeneid, and it's the story of how Aeneas, who was a veteran Greek warrior from Troy... Or veteran Trojan warrior, I guess. Um, after the war, went around the Mediterranean. How Wait, so you're telling this? me hmm? that Rome started because of the Trojan War? Um, I'm telling because you, I was gonna say that there was. I was gonna say that it ended with the Trojan War. <laughs> I'm gonna tell you that if you would ask a Roman where their empire started, they would say it started because of the Trojan War. I would also say there's absolutely no archaeological evidence to support that whatsoever. Rome started because why, <laughs> why would there be any evidence for that in dinosaur bones? That's true. So anyway, so yeah, you have the Aeneid. Aeneas is traveling around. He eventually settles in Italy, um, in the Italian, like in the Latin, Latium area, um, and his two of his descendants named Romulus and Remus. Mm-hmm. 
found a city. Well, they're like abandoned by their father and they're nursed by a she-wolf and that's part of the story. They found a city. Um, Remus kills Ron, or no, sorry, uh-huh. Romulus kills Remus and then names the city after himself. So it's the city of Rome. Not the city of Reem. Not the city of Reem, no. Um, all that aside, like that's the foundation myth. So that's what every Roman would have believed. Um, aside from that, archaeological evidence, I think, is pretty fairly certain that the traditional founding date of Rome is fairly accurate. It's sometime in the 8th, maybe 9th century BC. They had a kingdom with seven kings. Um, Now, some of the early kings, some of that is not... Like, there's a lot of uncertainty about the founding of Rome, about their stories over which ones are based in fact and which ones aren't. So... It is certain that Rome was a monarchy, but, like, the lives and details of the Seven Kings is a little... People aren't really sure. Um, Because if you read something like um, the Roman historian Livy and his history of Rome, he, like, blends seamlessly from this whole story of Aeneas and Romulus and Remus into the monarchy, so it's kind of difficult to tell where that line is uh, between what's real and what's not. But the last king of Rome is a man named Tarquinius. Sick. Who was a terrible king. Oh, he was an awesome name though. Yeah. yeah. Tarquinius is pretty cool. He was a tyrant though. And they kicked him out. They I think I don't know if they remember if they executed him or if they just exiled him from the city. Either or. I feel like like exiling somebody is so much cooler. It's like <laughs> then they can come back with an army, which well, is That's also true. Yeah. Well, that's and that's like the unknown. Like it's a, it's a fun it's like exile I mean like like it's cool this idea of you going from so much power to like nothing. But then it opens up the door for redemption stories. Yeah. We're cutting somebody's head off. is quite boring. So, Tarquinius did not have a redemption story. Sadly. Um, Rome abolished their monarchy, and that's a story in itself, and became a republic. Um, and after that, like, it was just ingrained in Roman culture. They hated the idea of kings and absolute rulers. So later on, when we get the empire, there's a reason they didn't call themselves kings of Rome. They called themselves, well... Um, they invented a new title, Imperator, which literally just means, like, commander, one who gives orders. Uh, and that's what they called the kings, even though they were actually just kings. Um, so we have the Roman Republic. The Republic lasts for a good long while. Um, uh, trying to think how much into politics I should get here. It was divided, I think, typically into three classes. You had the patrician class, which were the wealthy landowners. The aristocrats. You had the equestrian class, which I believe were soldiers and administrators. Oh, I thought <laughs> not they had horses. A, no, I thought they had the cavalry. I was like, oh, we got the aristocrats. We got then the cavalry. What's the third animal? <laughs> the plebs, the plebeian class. Can you explain the rest of this history in uh, splitting things up into animals? I cannot. No, there are actually no horses involved in the Roman government until Caligula. That's a story in itself. Pretty lame. Well, but there, there would eventually be a horse that was appointed to an office, but that's another story. Um, yeah. So, anyway, um, Roman Republic goes through, I mean, and you had the, the plebeian class, which was the, like, the lowest of the low classes. They were citizens, but they weren't citizens with any particular amount of power. Serfs. Uh, serfs are a little bit later on. I know, but relating to what I know. Right. So the Republic. Up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you, Josh. <laughs> Radical. <laughs> so there's political struggles. We have 
Tiberius Gracchus and his brother and some reforms and the land being parceled out. And Rome's first big war happened during the Republic period with a civilization called the Etruscans. So which Eskimos. They were not Eskimos. They were, they were to the north, though. They lived in northern Italy. Um, they were actually... Archaeologists aren't really sure where the Etruscans came from or who they were related to. Some attempts have been made to relate them to the Basques in um, southwestern France and northeastern Spain. Are these Fishman. the guys that attacked with elephants? No. That's later on. Um, so that's the first major war. Um, there's a bit of struggle, power dynamic. Rome eventually gains the upper hand and conquers Etruria, is the name of the region. Uh, so then that, that brings them in control of all of northern Italy. At the time, the Greeks have settled in Sicily and southern Italy. Um, and the Romans kick them out of Greece and southern Italy, too, and become control of the entire Italian peninsula, north, south, and around Rome. Um, at this time, and this is where we're getting to the elephants, another civilization rises up on the southern shore of the Mediterranean called Carthage. Uh, or in the original, so uh, Carthage was a Phoenician colony. So the Phoenicians were from where? Phoenicia, and they had an alphabet. They did have an alphabet. Uh, Phoenicia is north of Israel. So Phoenicians were actually Canaanite. Ah. So um, they were one of the tribes in uh, settled in, in Jordan and Lebanon in that area and Syria. Um, so they would have been related to the Philistines and all of them. Um, but they were seafaring people, and they traveled all over the Mediterranean, traveled up to the British Islands and Ireland, um, probably even to like Sweden and Norway um, at certain points. Their catchphrase was, surf's up. <laughs> probably. <laughs> um, so, the, so it's a Phoenician colony, I believe in Phoenicia it's Karthadasht, but it's called Carthage. Um, and they rise as one of the major powers against Rome, and they attack and there's war, and it's called the Punic Wars. I think there were three Punic Wars um, where they fought each other. And that was the war. <laughs> Punic Wars. Punic. <laughs> um, so a man named Hannibal like <laughs> traveled through Spain, France, and brought his army of elephants from the north to attack Rome. And the Romans are like, I've never seen an elephant before. I don't know how to fight this. So they lost. Um, and oh, That's great. Hannibal stayed in the Italian peninsula for a while, had the upper hand. Eventually, fighting turned around, and through a long series of campaigns, the Romans gained the upper hand and ended up annexing Carthage into the Roman... Well, at this point, I don't know if we can call it the Roman Empire yet, because it's not an empire government, but it's definitely, like, what you would think of as an empire, where it controls you know, a bunch of different land. Mm-hmm. Um, after, I think, I'm pretty sure this is after... Carthage is annexed. Then we get the annexation of the of Greece and the Seleucid Empire. Um, so Rome, I think it's I think it's actually Scipio Africanus. No, wait. Yeah, I think it's Scipio Africanus, who is one of the veterans of the Punic Wars, leads the invasion of Greece, and he's a fairly important figure in general in Roman history. Oh, um, lucky for Canus that somebody <laughs> would skip you off for Canus. <laughs> an interesting turn of phrase. Mm-hmm. I'm going to skip you off. For Thomas. It's cool with that. <laughs> Anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then we get an evolution in Roman politics. Um, 
the Republic starts to fracture and fall apart. Um, and it really becomes more of an oligarchy, um, where you've got just a few people who really have all the power. Um, and that's when we get to Julius Caesar, who, this is around 60 BC. So Rome has been around for 700 years at this point. But Julius Caesar was a, a member of, I think he was a patrician. So he was a member of the upper class of society. Patricia. Yes, well that's where that name comes from. Patricia. What is, uh, I guess it would just be Pat. Huh? What would be the male version of coming from Patrician, but I guess it would just Patrick. be Patrick. Yeah. Which... <laughs> Come on, Patrick. <laughs> so Julius C- Caesar makes a name for himself by being a general. In fact, there's a little bit of a legendary story that when he was a child, he read about the conquest of Alexander the Great and started crying because he hadn't achieved as much as Alexander the Great oh, had. That's um, intense. Also, another fun story about Julius Caesar. Uh, he was kidnapped by pirates when I think he was 12 years old. And he, like, got along great with the pirates. He played games with them. And he just, he said the whole time that he was going to get an army and come back and crucify all the pirates. What? And the pirates just like, ah, this kid. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they eventually traded for his release. And Julius Caesar gathered up an army and went back and crucified them. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Yeah. Wild. So anyway, Julius Caesar becomes a very important figure in Rome. Uh, He's very popular. He's brilliant. Like, the guy knows how to game the the politics in Rome. Um, But, so he, and he becomes part of what's called the Triumvirate. And he's a consul. With Pompey? Pompey, yes. And one other other person. Uh, I don't know. His name is Marcus Licinius Crassus. Yeah, I wouldn't have Pompey, Pompey, Crassus, and Julius Caesar. That's the first Triumvirate. Fun story about Crassus. Crassus is one of the richest men in all of the Roman Empire. And how he got so rich is he actually organized the very first fire department. Oh, oh you told me about this. Yeah, so what would happen was is he didn't, he didn't uh, put out everyone's fire. But what he would do is every time there was a building on fire, he would go and he'd have all of his slaves ready to put out the fire. And then he would negotiate to buy the property. For a discounted rate, and the owner, of course, they're all they're all their land is going to burn down, so there's really no point holding on to it. So he would they would sell it to him hmm. just to get a little bit of money back, and then Crassus would put out the fire, and he just acquired some land for very cheap. That's awesome. It's genius. I mean, it's not awesome, but it's genius. I, I saw a, a great uh, addendum of a quote from Franklin Delano Roosevelt one time that said. Franklin uh, Roosevelt said, "When your neighbor's house is on fire, you don't haggle over the price of the fire hose." And then he had a picture of Crassus that said, you haggle over the price of the house. <laughs> oh, you have so much information in your brain. I could not quote someone to save my life. I just have a great quote later on that I'm excited, but that's when we get to Diocletian and the Tetrarchy, but that's... A... How long are you going to teach us about Roman history? Tell it falls. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah, we've gotten from like seven minute episodes on candy bars to like an hour and a half talking about Roman history. This is yeah, I'm, I'd be shocked if we limit this to an hour and a half, but continuing on. Anyhow, so... Let's do not come over an hour. Well, we're already almost to the fall of the Republic, so things are moving along pretty quickly. Okay. Which Fall of the Republic is where Darth Vader and the Emperor and all that. Exactly. Yeah. But around this time <laughs> is when like Caesar goes to Egypt and helps Cleopatra with like their civil war and gets food for the rest of the place, right? Yes. Yes. And like 
him and Cleopatra have a really good relationship. They were, they were very close friends. Very close friends. <laughs> Maybe a little too close friends from yeah. what things tell us. Anyway, so that I know from the drunk history. <laughs> so Julius Caesar, though, is... Um, he's uh, amassed too much power, and everyone's... Hit, the other members of the, of the triumvirate start to turn against him, like, okay, the Caesar guy's too powerful. So a Caesar... And, and at this time, Caesar is off fighting Gaul, the Gauls. It was a Celtic tribe living in modern-day France, and he, defeat the, he defeated them fairly handily, took over all of France, and came back, um, which led to a problem because Julius Caesar was very, very popular because he carried out a successful military campaign. Um, so they sent him a letter asking him to come to the city, lay down his army, and you know return as a as a citizen of Rome. Um, and the context for this is it was unheard of to bring your army within a certain radius of the city of Rome because that would be an open war against the Roman government. Um, but Caesar suspects, and rightly so, that if he did that and came in, they were going to arrest him for being a tyrant. So he did not. What he did do is he took his army across the Rubicon River, hence the phrase Caesar crossing the Rubicon, or crossing the Rubicon as a euphemism for when you've gone too far, um, which started a civil war, and eventually ended up with Caesar becoming the most powerful man, and I think the only consul in the city of Rome. So that's when Caesar is... Uh, is killed in the Senate, um, and according to the legend of Caesar's assassination, of course, the Ides of March, 15th of March, I think, I don't remember what year it was, like 30-something BC, um, he fell, according to, like, the legend, he fell at the, he fell, like, the foot of a statue of Pompey, another, a person who he had kind of betrayed to get as much power as he could get, um, and that's when you have Brutus, who was involved in him in the famous line, even you, Brutus. Um, another side note, Julius Caesar also led the first Roman ex expedition into what was called Britannia, uh, what would later become a province in the Roman Empire when it was conquered later on. So after uh, Julius Caesar is assassinated, um, we're not really sure what to do. What? But Augustus is coming up. Augustus is coming, yeah. So Augustus is actually not direct... Well, he's kind of related to Julius Caesar, but he's not his son. But Augustus, well, I should say... Octavian. 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 Octavian is adopted as a son to Julius Caesar in his will. So there's a little bit of a power struggle, but Octavian becomes the first citizen of Rome. First citizen was kind of the title that he had, the dictator of Rome. Um, Octavian begins a series of reforms, um, kind of consolidating absolute power in Rome, um, establishing a better imperial bureaucracy. And finally, declares himself Imperator, Augustus Caesar, Octavian. So he is now, we now have the Roman Empire, and Augustus is the first emperor. And of course, Augustus is the one you read about in the Gospel of Matthew as sending out the decree that all the world should be taxed is Caesar Augustus. Um, this is the beginning of what's called the Julio-Claudian dynasty, which is the first dynasty of emperors. I think it goes all the way to Flavius. Flavius. Yes. Love him. Um... Now to a little bit more history that we'll be familiar with. Of course, Christians were persecuted um, at this time going forward because they were seen as a cult. Um, under the Roman Empire, Jews had certain protections. Like, they weren't required to... Um, they weren't required to submit to, like, Roman religious mandates. Um, they could carry on their own worship. 
but every emperor had kind of their own opinion on that and it was enforced differently at different times and oftentimes and then I think in, it was in 70 AD with the emperor Tiberius that uh, there was a Roman revolt against the government and like all of the Jewish protections were stripped away and that's when Nero burned down the city right? Uh, Nero was actually okay. before that was it? Um, so I think it was it was the emperor Tiberius who burned down like who burned down Jerusalem. Uh, Nero is famous for burning down Rome oh, itself. Right, right. Nero fiddled while Rome burned and all that. Right. Um, so at that time, Christians were no longer because to a certain extent, Christians were considered under like the umbrella of Jewish religion. So at the beginning, they had those same protections, but then they started to realize, hey, these Christians are actually something different than the Jews. So then the Christians started to be persecuted. Um, so anyway, we have a series of successive Roman emperors. Romans wage wars of conquest, um, establish Britannia as one of the provinces of the, the empire. Boat. Hmm? The boat. The boat. Isn't there a boat named Britannia? Or is that the Britannica? That's the encyclopedia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was thinking, too. I, every time I hear Britannia, though, I think, Hail, hail, Dufania. It's from Phineas and Ferb. Oh. oh. So. so, anyhow... Uh, Roman Empire expands. <laughs> then, however, we get to one of those things that is really, really important. Um, and it's kind of been there the whole time, like the Romans have been dealing with it, but it really starts to become a problem in the Battle of Teutoburg Forest. You know what I'm talking about? No, I, was, I just remember that Romans also, like, have roads, and all roads really you know, lead to Rome. Yes. Yeah. Just, you know. So, yeah. Every act. Every province in the empire conquered, of course, was dealt with very harshly, but also carried some improvements with it, including the Romans, like completely improving the economy and building infrastructure wherever they ended up. So, um, so we have the Germans in the north. The Germans? The barbarians. I just forget that people exist everywhere. <laughs> right. The Prussians? Not yet. Not yet. Although we'd ha- we would have, I think, actually the original name, for, I think it's the Pruthenians, which oh. were actually a Slavic tribe and mm-hmm. not a Germanic tribe. What's going on in the Americas at this time? Um, what, in what? the turn century, I think we've got, I think we've got, like, the Mayans. Mayans. Um, and we don't have the Aztecs yet, They're but we've got, like... Jesus is around. Yeah. Which is mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Right. I'm not sure <laughs> who we... I'm not sure who we have in Mexico. I think it's probably some precursor civilization for the Aztecs, but I'm not sure who exactly. Um, but we have the Germans on the border. Barbarians, uncivilized, well, the Romans considered them uncivilized. They actually had a very complex uh, system of government and everything among themselves, but if you're not Roman, you're, a, you're an uncivilized barbarian. So they are being subdued, making alliances, just kind of interacting with Rome. Um, they eventually start to push into the Roman borders, uh, Rome starts slowly losing its territory over time. Um, the Roman Empire becomes incredibly unstable because of both barbarian encroachments and uh, financial instability. Uh, the Roman economy was unsustainable. So you've got a series of civil wars. Um, you have what's called the Year of Four Emperors, which I don't remember what year that was specifically. But you have a bunch of people fighting and taking over and becoming Roman Emperor all the way through the 3rd century. Um, in the 3rd century you have an emperor named Diocletian. Who... That name. He's famous because he persecuted Christians. Ah, that's why. Quite a lot. Yes. But Diocletian was also, like, the one thing the Roman Empire needed to stay together. He was a very effective administrator, a very effective governor, and was able to stabilize the empire. 
the year of four emperors happened in 69 AD. 69 AD. the year after Nero committed suicide. Oh, that's right. Yeah, 69 AD, there, he had the year of four emperors, and then some some stability, um, a few emperors going down, down the road. And, but then just like, there's an entropy that sets in, and everything just starts to s- s- tear itself apart, uh, going all the way to Diocletian. Diocletian stabilizes the situation. What? No. Okay. Diocletian stabilizes the, 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 the situation. I can't speak. And um, eventually retires. So Diocletian fixed the empire basically that I've had enough. I just want to retire. You're welcome. Goodbye. <laughs> and grow cabbages. Lit. I hate cabbage. And later on, and we're going to get to Constantine and the Tetrarchy and all that, but when the empire is falling back in the Civil War... People come to Diocletian and are like, hey, because Diocletian's still living in retirement, like, you need to come back, you need to fix the situation. And Diocletian says, and this is a direct quote I have loaded up on Wikipedia, he said, if you could show the cabbage that I planted with my own hands to your emperor, he definitely wouldn't dare suggest that I replace the peace and happiness of this place with the storms of never-satisfied greed. <laughs> so Diocletian says, yeah, ruling the empire is cool, but check out these cabbages. <laughs> <laughs> That's mind-blowing. <laughs> <laughs> so, Diocletian, when he retires, leaves the empire in the hands of four people. Um, the system of government with, basically, the empire divided into kind of two halves, and you had two Augusti and two Caesars. So you had, like, kind of senior emperors and junior emperors on each side. So you had the Augusti, who were the, you know, mainly in charge of the East and the West Empire, and then the Caesars, who also had some power, but were mainly, like, the heirs to the Augusti. So the, every time an Augusti would die, the Caesar would become an Augustus, and then they would appoint their own heir, who would then become the Caesar. That's confusing. So that's, government's called the Tetrarchy, because you got to have four rulers, um, but it didn't really last. It lasted, I think, two generations. Because one of those Caesars... A little bit later on was a man well say actually one of the Augusti was a man named Constantius and Constantius had a son named Constantine so Constantine becomes a Caesar at one point and decides hey I actually just want to be emperor of the sole Roman Empire so then you have the wars of the Tetrarchy where Caesar sequentially defeats every other August defeats the two Augusti and the other Caesar um, and it's at the Battle of the Milvian Bridge, um, where Constantine defeats the last Caesar, Maxentius, and that's when you have the whole seeing the cross in the sky and then going to battle with the cross emblazoned on the shields and the voice from heaven saying, in this sign conquer, which that's mostly legendary, but Constantine became a Christian. Well, Constantine didn't really become a Christian, but Constantine issued the Edict of Milan when he became the sole emperor legalized Christianity and that was that so Christianity is now legal in the empire <laughs> um, eventually later on you have uh, the emperor Theodosius <laughs> um, who I'm not sure if he had his mother's eyes or his mother's name but he um, he issued the Edict of Thessalonica which went from Christianity being legal to Christianity being the religion of the empire. Okay. Like the Roman Empire is now a Christian empire. Um, later on, you have a man named Julian the Apostate who tries to restore Hellenic paganism as the state religion, but that ultimately fails because it's a little too late to go back. Um, meanwhile, this whole time throughout these centuries, things in the north have been getting worse. Um, 
That's where the Germans are. That's where the Germans are, yeah. So Germans are attacking. You have the Visigoths and the Goths and the Ostrogoths and the Vandals. Um, in 410, the city of Rome is sacked by Alaric and the Visigoths. Alaric? Alaric, yes. What a not, great name. Not from the Vampire Diaries. What a great name. Love him. Um, so... At this point in time, though, it's not a huge deal because the capital of the empire has moved to a city called Byzantium, or as it was named when it was rebuilt by Constantine, Nova Roma, or New Rome. I know that name. Or Constantinople is how it kind of became known informally, the city of Constantine. So that's where the primary focus of the empire is. Um, So in 410, Rome is sacked. The Western Roman Empire kind of starts to collapse even more than it already has. Um, and then finally, in 476, a man named Odoacer, who is a barbarian, um, finally conquers Rome, deposes the last Roman emperor, who is named um, Romulus Augustulus, I think. Oh. Yeah. You're quite a no. <laughs> right. I'm I, sorry. Yeah, I know. Your bird just told you. Wrong. <laughs> Actually, it was wrong. It was Julius Nepos was the last Roman emperor. Uh, he was deposed. Otto Acker controlled the whole Western Roman Empire, leaving just the East. Um, now, the Eastern Roman Empire, the Byzantine Empire, is a whole story unto itself, but that lasts until May 29th, 1453, when the Ottoman Turks besieged the city of Constantinople and took it and deposed the last Byzantine emperor, or for our sakes, the last Roman emperor, Constantine XI, hmm. who died wearing regular soldiers' uniforms. Like he like un- he took off his imperial robes and dressed as a regular soldier and led a last defense of the citadel in Constantinople and died. And that's Are, do we is that a yay? Do we like Constantine dying? Oh, sorry, thought of a different person. <laughs> my bad, my bad. <laughs> now Constantine. Well, I mean, it's just one. Of, it's it's just a historical footnote. It's one of those things that well, happens. I meant like I thought it was a different emperor, but I meant going out and dying as soldiers. I would, like, is, that a, is that a good thing? I would say it's a pretty honorable thing to like be like, I'm not an emperor anymore. I'm just the last person yes. of this civilization. So I'm just going to die as, as the regular guy, as just one of them. I, I would say that's, I, I that's, agree. that's a pretty agree. Uh, impressive and honorable way to die. Yeah, I thought we were on a different emperor, so it might be. <laughs> so that, in a nutshell, is all of Roman history. What do we think? That was a lot. And I know there's so much more within that. Because Rome is confusing. There's a lot. There's a lot of Rome. And Rome still exists. Mm-hmm. So the Roman Empire, though, is no mm-hmm. longer an empire. But Rome is still Rome. Rome is still Rome. And you know what? You can go to Rome, and you can roam around. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe not now. Although, I would suggest... True. Suggest not eating near the tourist attractions. They it's, frown on that, on that? No, they just sell tourists not good food because they think that because they're in, by the Trevi Fountain they're going to get really great pizza or something because they're in Italy. You do not. It's really not good. Go somewhere else. <laughs> well, I wouldn't think that the pizza would be super great in Rome, honestly. Well, I got hot dog on a, on a pizza. That's and weird. I was like, I don't like that. That's, I ate it. Like that's that. traditional Roman cuisine. Yeah. Right. Julius Caesar ate hot dog on his pizza. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I just noticed that when we were near tourist attractions, you got less quality food. Mm. 
I mean, that makes sense. But I Isn't was too scared. America's like cheap crap. It's fine. Exactly. I was too scared to go somewhere that I didn't know to get better food, though, because I didn't pay for cell phone service in a different country. I was like, I can't get lost. <laughs> I mean, it's true. Americans will eat anything. And that's what the Italians have learned. Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> so, Ben, what is the biggest lesson we can learn from the Roman Empire? Wow. That's a good question. Um, I don't know how serious you want me to be here. I'll be pretty serious. Okay. Um, with great power comes great responsibility. Excellent. <laughs> now you're not serious answer. <laughs> um, don't put a horse in an important uh, position of government. Boom. Tell the horse story real fast. Oh, yeah, the horse story. So uh, the one of the emperors was completely insane. His name was Caligula. And he didn't like any of his government officials or anything. He just trusted his horse more Dude. than his government officials. So he's like, you know what? I'm going to make this horse consul. So for a little while, a horse, and I don't remember the horse's name, but that horse was consul of Rome. Jeff. Probably Jeff. I would, I would trust that horse with my life. Absolutely. Caligula did. Of course, he also died. <laughs> I think he was murdered by the Praetorian Guard. The Praetorian um, Guard's horse. <laughs> Wasn't a trustworthy horse. Probably Maximus. Ma- yeah, Maximus the horse. Maximus would be a good name. Never horse. trust a horse named Maximus. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Caligula was also the one who uh, wanted to carry out... He wanted to be the emperor that conquered Britain. Um, so he got his army together, got transport, transports and everything, was ready to cross the English Channel because... You're telling me Britain's a thing? Yeah, Britannia, the province of Britannia. Didn't catch that. That happened, I think it was Trajan or Hadrian who invaded and conquered and made Britain the province. Really, my mind trying to comprehend different things going on in the world is just, it's not happening. Which we can get, a future podcast episode, we could do the history of England and how England became a thing. How many names end with Ian? Obviously, Ian ends with Ian, but like, Julian... It was a very common suffix. Wespasian? Wespasian, excuse me. Well, I mean, like, today. Oh. Because it was really common then. Christian. Christian? Kind of. With that, I think we, you've... This, oh, 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 but there's another Caligula story. So Caligula oh. wanted to take over the province of Britain. So he got transports and everything, and then realized he was scared to death of water. So, like, he was about to board the transport, and he's like, no, actually, I don't want to do this. Um, <laughs> Me. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm trying to remember what exactly happened. I think he had his soldiers, like, take out their swords and just start hacking away at the ocean. <laughs> and then it was just like, <laughs> I've conquered Britain. <laughs> Amazing. Dude was just absolutely insane. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you, Ben, for I, teaching us about Rome. I have successfully cornered Britain and overtaken them. They're just, they're on that island and they can't get off, so I win. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's, That's hilarious. Right. And there's there's another insane emperor named Commodus who tried to rename the city of Rome the city of Commodus and like tried to rename the army and the navy after himself. And I think we should always rename cities after like the leader. Yeah. So like after the mayor. Imagine if that became practice and like a thousand years from now, people were studying American history. Like, wow, George Washington 
was president of the United States for a very long time. <laughs> right. <laughs> like, 400 years of George Washington being president. Yeah, it was a long time back then. Um, so, you know, it happens. Commodus was also the emperor um, in Gladiator with Russell Crowe. We haven't gotten to 400 years. Forget that. 300. 1800, 1900, yeah, 200. America hasn't been. America's been around for two. Been around for like 400 years, but yeah, and it's kind of somewhat present-ish state. But like the United States of America, 200. And, what are we at? 250 something. I forgot how to do math. 240. 240 something. So. 235 actually. No, 245. 245. I'm gonna We're go 240. Yeah. It's like. Sticks out to me is the scene in the Mighty Ducks too, when they're like, "America is just like you, teenagers, a little, you know, trying to figure it out. Yeah, a little goofy, <laughs> little things like that, but still, you know, has a bunch of potential." It was a great way of putting. That's it. hilarious. Yeah. So, anyway, the United States is a teenager. That's the big takeaway from tonight. And with it's that, it's a pretty big takeaway. It is. Mm-hmm. It is. So with that, uh, goodbye. Farewell. Goodbye. You have been listening to Descend, Discern, Without VR. Thank you for listening. You've been listening to Descend, Discern Without VR.